Hello, you are listening to Denver Orbit. Episode 6 And in the log hot. Welcome to Denver Orbit, an audio magazine that features voices, stories, and music from Colorado's creative community. I'm Josh Madison. And I'm Ryan Connell. As usual, we are always seeking submissions. Uh, could be you've got a crazy story, a fiction piece, a poem, a comedy bit. We're open to just about anything. So drop us a line at denverorbit at gmail.com or go over to our website at denverorbit.com and just fill out the submission form there. Also, if you like what you're hearing so far, go ahead and rate and review us on iTunes. We finally have enough ratings to get on the chart a little bit, but the more ratings and the more reviews we get, the more visible the show gets. And the more visible the show gets, the more we can grow this little community and we can feature a wider array of voices. That's right. Also, be sure to check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Denver Orbit and our goofy Instagram page at Denver Orbit. It's full of nonsense. So what are we doing today? Well, our first segment is an interview with Adam Baumeister. We talked about his project, Meep Records. And after that, we've got a song from Adam Baumeister's band, Little's Paya. And a poem from Bobby Stark. So, let's go ahead and get started. At this point in history, we've kind of split the way we listen to music in a few different directions. There's digital, epitomized by the mp3. And then there's analog, music on vinyl. And more recently, and strangely to me anyway, tape is making a comeback. But none of those mediums are adequate in describing what Adam Baumeister does with Meep Records. Adam makes records. I don't mean he records his own music and puts it out, although he does do that. What I mean is, he makes actual physical records. He uses a 1940s-era Presto K11 lathe. It's what's known as a suitcase cutter, which means it's portable-ish, and sort of looks like an old-fashioned suitcase turntable, only much larger, and there's funky machinery on the stylus. By the way... Lathe cutting, also known as vinyl mastering, is the act of mechanically etching music onto a disc using a cutting stylus. It's kind of like the reverse process of listening to a record. I went over to his apartment slash studio to catch up with him and learn more. When I met with him, he was in the process of cutting a 7-inch for a local Denver band. Here's a bit of what that process sounds like. Here's a lathe cutter actually cutting the grooves into a piece of plastic. And here's what the finished product sounds like on a turntable. This band is called The Stimulators, by the way. There we go. 
After checking out the equipment, we talked a little bit about how he got started and what he actually does with all of this. I'm a musician, so I've always wanted to put my music on vinyl. And um, a guy in town, Trip, was talking to me one day about it, and he had just gotten a lathe. He was explaining the process to me, and I'd kind of heard a little bit about them, but he kind of gave me the realization that I could actually get one, possibly, if I started looking around. And he turned me on to this forum online called the Secret Society of the Lathe Trolls, which are like all the people in the country and world that are doing this and experimenting and fixing up these old machines. I got really into it, decided to go into debt, and uh, experimented quite a bit with it to get recording on different mediums and spent a lot of time on that forum and started getting some good sounds off of them and then after a couple weeks made a record that sounded pretty like way better than I expected it would and then I started doing like little projects for my bands and myself and like friends of friends around town and after a while I realized I could probably turn it into a business so I attempted to do that to see if anyone else wanted to make records and to pay me to do it. And that leads to the obvious question. What do you do with a lathe cutter? Quite a bit of local bands and just for, um, in the community of Denver musicians. So I help people out or people hear about me and reach out. And then also through the, I have a website and a lot of people will send me stuff to make like just one-off copies, which there's not many people in the world who do this, who offer just one copy. It's hard to get one copy of some a record made. And so if you wanted like an anniversary gift of a little message you record in your phone about like you love so-and-so and then your favorite song and they, and then like I create covers in the center labels and they do send like pictures of themselves. So I do a lot of like kind of anniversary, wedding, birthday, Christmas and like gifts, if you want to, you know, make a custom record for a gift for your loved one or whatever. Um, or, you know, bands anywhere. I've done them for people all over the world. Just like 20 copies for a release show that they need quickly in a couple weeks or whatever. I've done marriage proposals, baby's first words, just any bit of audio that people want to hold on to in this world where everything is digital and online and can get erased or lost, you know. It's just a little more special to have, like, this physical product. I saw Adam for the first time in years with his lathe at MCA Denver. He had been invited to record his audio postcards at the opening for Mark Mothersbaugh's exhibit, Myopia. Occasionally, I'll do events where I bring the lathes and the equipment out and record straight to disc. Kind of like, I describe it to people as a cooler photo booth. So it's kind of like, you know, when you have a big event or a party and you want to stuff for people to do and there's like photo booths or I just and I just set up a mic, bring a guitar and tell people they can tell share stories or sing a song or goof around with their friends or whatever. And I recorded it straight to disc and give it to them right afterwards. That was for uh, Mark Mothersbaugh's exhibit at the MCA, Myopia. And that ended up really cool. That was a fun event. And he ended up coming down and recording a bunch of songs with, on there. Oh, how many ropes must a poor monkey climb before he can sleep 
It's not just the audio that made up the postcards for myopia. Part of this project is the visual side. The disc itself is also a piece of art. I try to do make interesting records too for each event or each thing I'm doing. Like I try to not just make a circle black record. You know, there's plenty of other things you do. And he part of his exhibit there was he would make all these postcard postcards for people throughout his whole life. He's done this and um, where he, you know, doodles or cool little postcards or little things he makes and send them, sends them to people. And I thought that was a really cool idea. So I tied that in and we got permission to use some of his art for a postcard record. So I made printed up postcards and then I attached a thin layer of the plastic to the top side that I can cut into and you could take them and mail them if you wanted to. Like they were little postcard records, which is really cool. You can only fit like, you know, three minutes of music on there, but that's fine, you know, it's for the short little message or a short little song. The record itself becomes kind of a keepsake as well. I did a project two years ago where I got a grant from the city to make 10 different records. I was picking local musicians and local visual artists and I would pair them and curate it a little bit so that you know, it was the visual, I'd work with the visual artist. We'd come up with a concept for the record, whether it's a picture disc or a weird shape or just weird normal record with weird, like a cool cover of theirs, of their art and the, and a band. And, um, yeah, they're really cool. And I did like Thug and Trancer, which ended up being a really cool one. Rubedo, Roger Green. I did Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats, uh, Natalie Tate. I've done... There's a lot, I've done, worked with a lot of people. I've, it's a great opportunity when I, there's bands I really like in town, but I don't know them. I can reach out and be like, Hey, you want to make a record? Blah, blah, blah. Then I get to know them. And uh, like I having done that a few times, a few bands, I'm good friends with some of these bands after, you know, working with them and getting to know them. And so that's pretty cool. One of the things I love about this is it's a one take thing. The recording you make is what you get. For instance, here's Denver artist Andrew Novick at that myopia event we talked about earlier. He's reciting the digits of pi. Excited. Pi is 3.14159265358979326442383327950288419704197 In listening back to it, he realizes he might have made a mistake. Five eight two zero nine seven four nine four four five nine two three zero seven eight. Oh shit! I think I might have fucked it up actually. <laughs> oh, Damn it! No, 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 is like anyone they can record anything on their phone at any given time everyone has this this um not opportunity but ability to do that yet i show up with this thing in a microphone and people get giddy there's been i used to do it at the ums a lot and i've had people come to tears you know like they have a phone in their pocket. They could have just sat in the back room recording themselves and listened back to it just fine. We're at this point where, it, you know, it sounds fine, but I do it onto a record and just just that, just knowing that it's kind of like a little more permanent. It's just like being on a record. I've You know, people are moved by it. So there's something to it. I, I, I 
think about it a lot and um you know i'm obsessed with finding a cool old record of stuff that turns me on more than i'm i get a little more excited than if i find some cool old music on a youtube video like that's cool and i enjoy the music but when i find this old record of it and i like have it i'm like uh that's way better you know so it's people people like quality physical things for whatever reason i asked adam about what the future holds for this project there's some cool things that are in the works right now that are not for sure like someone in town who's trying to create this thing called archive like archive but art and they want to start like a uh, library in town where we archive um visual and audio art and whatever else and have like a archive of all that stuff for Colorado or Denver more specifically being a part of that and maybe maybe I'll go around like Alan Lomax or set up a studio here and have people come by and record songs and we'll stick them in there and you can go access them something like that would be really cool or that's in the talk like planning stages that I was thinking of trying to open up this place to more of like a studio like that to see if there are any bands in town who do want to come over here and record in a different way like uh setting it up in the room no overdubs no multiple takes just moving a a mic or two around you know to get the sound and like because these days you know you record on the computer and you get all the chances you want you add all these effects you add synth you fix everything and i think there might be a small market for like people who just want to come chill and capture the performance it's you know there's a there's there's a difference between building up this thing you have in your head with lots of tracks and ideas and tricks there's nothing wrong with that i do that too and then just setting up a microphone and trying to capture a performance so i'm thinking about like opening that up a little bit it's easy to forget that the ability to carry around your entire music collection in your pocket has only been around for 15 years or so and that our ready access to all the music at any time is a relatively new thing, and that can make music feel more disposable. What Adam is doing, in a way, in my opinion, is an antidote to that. He's merging the ideas of live performance, of visual art, and vinyl. You know what? Why don't we just let him have the last word? The reason why you like music is not defined by the audio quality. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of people think, you know, that, that makes sense that you'd think that. Like, oh, this sounds great. And I love, you know, sure. a good turntable system with a Steely Dan record that <laughs> just sounds, about to say, sounds Dan. just really, really nice. <laughs> yeah. But also, you know, Robert Johnson doing one take in a hotel room where he kind of messes up. I woke up this morning. But then works that mess up into it because he's a, you know, great musician. Everyone knows that song for that now, and that one little lick that he made the split second decision where, like, he hit that note, so he went to the next note. And, you know, there's also, I, I'm just as enamored with that than I am, like, some new, you know, perfect, perfect sounding record. Music doesn't have to be perfect. You get when there is, I, I feel when there are those, and not like mistakes are good, but what's good about music is when you put something on and the personality of the performer or the song comes out really well, all those things are more important than like that thousand dollar compressor you got on the 
kick drum or whatever. You know, if it's a great song, it's going to be a great song no matter how you record it. And now let's hear the song I Don't Know by Little's Paya.
And finally, we have our first poem. Tattoo artist and poet Bobby Stark sent us her poem, Enough is Enough. Enough is Enough by Bobby Stark. Capsized June bugs fill up the tin mailbox where letters used to land. Scribbles of encouragement and thought traded for petite crispy beetle skeletons, all gone belly up. I crammed a warped spotted stick inside, hoping the next entrapped critters could figure out how to get out the way I should have gotten out. The off-center washer slams on the linoleum as it attempts its rotations. It animates a forced apology through gritted teeth. Sorry I upset you. Sincerity at its finest. I've slammed the door so many times that it hits the frame silently now, paused between moments. He doesn't come after me anymore, but I still wait while I remember home. The slight smell of incense in my pillows, my drafty windows that frame a field of tall yellow grass and pine trees. I can hear the screaming of coyotes. Here, there aren't any sidewalks, only stray dogs, ticks, possums, and the occasional armadillo. There isn't any music to get lost in, no crowds to vanish among, no hidden crack in the city to provide solace, perspective, no lookout, no treehouse, no safe place, no soul. It never seemed like a fair trade, the mountains for the prairie, my dreams for his, but I guess people do things they normally wouldn't do when they're sure they've fallen in love, when they're just sure that this is it. This has to be it, right? How powerful those moments once were, that slow, humid summer we spent removing scabs from one another, running our fingertips over our fresh scars still pink. I remember his hands on my lower back, when distance was only a footnote. Because this love, this love was the real kind. I could just tell, you know, the way people say you can. I made assumptions, exchanged familiarity with risk, based on pheromone reactions and his knack at making me blush, I had great expectations. Here, the words between us get thinner, the eye contact sparse. The mattress under us reminds me of the lovers he's had before me, impossible to rest on a bed of history, so many others. My own life slipped through the cracks, given up. Too old to start over, too stubborn to let go. I'm belly up in a tin mailbox. the show for today uh coming up in the rest of october we've got some halloween stuff coming your way so be sure to stay tuned for that adam baumeister runs meep records which you can find at meeprecords.com he's also recorded with the bands bad weather california and little's paya which you can find in all the usual places 
And you can find more of Bobby Stark's poetry at bobbystark.com. That's Bobby with an I, Stark.com. And on Instagram at LadyStark88. Denver Orbit is written and produced by myself and Joshua Madison. We'll be back again in two whole weeks. Magazine. It's an audio, oh, an audio magazine. Well, la-di-da. <laughs> it's an audio magazine. <laughs> oh, no. It's not a podcast. Ooh. Ooh, it's an audio magazine. Fucking pretentious fops. <laughs> <laughs>